Kilda, it's Esme here. Last week we had a pretty awesome event in our community called Benedict to Binnen, where we got to hear from some legends who have lived in different forms of intentional community across their lives. They were Stu McKen, Jean Malcolm and Rose Robinson. We were so enraptured in what they had to share that we forgot to press record until a little bit into the panel discussion. So what we did manage to salvage, we'd love for you to take a listen to. It's really awesome content. And you know what? We might host another one of these events again one day and you can hear the full content then. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, yeah, so these, these patterns and these two communities, these two ways of being kind of community. So I was a Birura member and that kind of rhythm and pattern and belonging um, I think led me to the point where actually I got called into a deeper version of that, which was our third, uh, first order sisters, where we lived in house together four times a day. We prayed together morning, midday, evening, night. And after the night prayer was the greatest silence. And so we, um, in our house, which was in the middle of Auckland, we, because quite a few of us had things that we did outside of the house in the evening, uh, we'd come home and we wouldn't be ready to go to bed because we'd be all kind of hyped up from doing something. So we, we agreed that there would be one room in the house where we could be talking so that the rest of the house could be in greater silence. And then we'd have prayers in the morning and the greater silence would be broken after breakfast. And so part of the morning routine was morning prayer, half an hour silence together in the chapel and then we would go through our diary um, we call that chapter so it's kind of related to chapters mm. um, and so that was the um, sharing what was going to be going on in our day mm. and we also had a thing called the chapter of faults and that's a very that's part of the old monastic tradition of acknowledging what it is that you've done that might have broken mm. relationship in the household. Mm. It's quite a hard thing to do. Mm. And there wasn't any kind of comeback, but we didn't get punished for doing <laughs> things. But, um, but that, that was, there was a space always in that day, you think of if we realised that we had done something that had been hard for others in the house, we said then, I'm sorry that I didn't put the milk bottles out last night so we had no regrets, or whatever it might be. That's not important. That's great. Thanks, Jane. Um, I can't even remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of you kind of dovetailed us in with kind of I guess the process of oh, the choosing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just bouncing a little bit um, off Jane, I think there is a reality that actually all of us live with a rule of life. Okay? So all of us live a structured or a life that is informed by structures. It's just that within these types of traditions there is a, an intentionality and a decision that we want our, our, our rule of life to actually achieve a particular thing. So for example, if, if, if if you're not, like at times in my life when I haven't lived in any kind of community or anything, probably one of the big structures that, that shapes you unconsciously perhaps is, is like the economy and ideas around that. Like it's such a powerful driver. Um, so yeah, I just make that that point that we all have a rule of life. We all have structures that, that kind of shape our lives. It's just, I think, hopefully we're trying to... Uh, um, have a rule of life that we've chosen rather than an unconscious one and that one, one that we've chosen to take us in a particular direction. Mm. Um, and so with regards to discernment, um, yeah, so uh, like I said before initially it was um, it was initially a sense of I just knew 
had known through my parents and through being one of the person as a kid sometimes thinking I feel young, who are part of the event now, would, would turn up and Justin and Jenny were kind of around the fringes. Um, so there were relational connections there, so that when things didn't cost it, it was a place that I could go. Natiel was, um, but I kind of feel more of a place of health now. There's a, um, a annual, UVA does like an annual, I think, I think other like chapters and stuff do it as well, right? They like a, an annual rhythm of, of discernment. Um, yeah. So the way that it works is that um, in October, people are encouraged to um, pray and seek what God is, is, is calling us to. We do it all the time, but particularly in October. And we have a, a period of kind of formation, I suppose, in, in the older, the more traditional things we talk about being like an initiate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then after, there's three stages of that, and then people will normally make a three-year commitment, and then um, take a sabbatical, take a break, and then after that, um, the hope is that people will think in terms of a longer season, like more like a six-year commitment to envision. Um, so, for my family, it's been in the for ages now, and we're thinking of longer seasons. When we get to that annual discernment, it's more, um, well, we know we're going to be in Aotearoa because, Thanks for sharing that. It's it's really cool the model of like discernment looking different for different people in different seasons. It's really great. Um, I guess bouncing off what you shared around the rule of life type stuff, a kind of a question for you guys, Jean and Rose, is um, I guess speaking about like your like commitment to chapters and your commitment to living in the, the first order space of the Franciscans, Jean. Um, I my assumption is as you guys aren't currently in those particular spaces. How ha- has it been anything that was from that space that you were like, that you picked up in your rhythm of life that you've continued on into now that you yeah, that I guess, or how has it been continuing some of those rhythms into life now and what's been, what's happened quite naturally and what's been hard or challenging to bring into this new space or new way of living life post that? Yeah, Virginia, I reckon. <laughs> Put her on the spot. <laughs> um. It's really interesting, you know, I said earlier that um, I've, since I left community in 1997, um, a lot of the spaces I've been in, I've chosen to find some other people with whom to do that intentional community thing. And one of the things that we've recognised that that I knew from being in that much more structured mm. kind of intentional community of religious life is that you do need some agreed structures mm. to to kind of provide a sort of skeleton to your life together. And in a lot of the households that I've been in, I've talked about some of those things and people have pushed against them and said, no, no, we don't want to do that. And then after about six months, they wanted to do them because they see how they're useful. Mm. So mm. Um, things like um, having a regular prayer rhythm, Deciding what it is that you want in that prayer rhythm. What, yeah, um, having a time when you do that kind of regular discernment as a community. There's the annual thing, but there's also the monthly thing. So we would have a monthly house meeting. Um, 
which you know flats sometimes do that too, but this was always we we and we decided what our kind of main things would be as a household. So the house that we lived in in, in Moira, for instance, we had see if I can remember the five things. We would we there was always going to be a prayer rhythm that might change as we monthly discerned what we needed. We would always have something that we would be learning together. No, so it's one thing to be doing ongoing learning as an individual, but together we would all have something that we were learning and monthly we would decide whether we'd been doing that particular thing for long enough, whether there was something else that seemed like it needed to come up. And it could be anything from learning about um, making cider to um, knitting to, um, we you know, looked at the new monasticism book for several months um, and reflected on that. Um, we had our, our community engagement, um, so we we kind of discerned over time what that was, and then we figured out what it was that we were, our role was in our local community. And so, you know, again, that was we, we kind of checked in on that every month. Um, there was service to one another as a household, and so that included things like chores and how we were doing stuff around the house, but also um, how we were able to serve one another in different ways in the house and how that wasn't working maybe sometimes. Mm -hmm. What was the last one? It's always, you always forget one. When yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, so yeah. that's kind of how mm -hmm. we did that. We chose to do that sort mm -hmm. of structured thing of discernment mm -hmm. month by month in, mm -hmm. in that house. Mm -hmm. um, and the more people there are, the more you need that. Like if there's just two of you, you can do it more easily in a more informal way. Um, one of the things that I discovered that that really mattered to me by being in a religious community that I still um, need to find for myself is that thing of praying with others. Um, and in every different situation where I am, there's a a different way of doing it and we have our you know we do morning prayers at St Peter's every morning and that's really important to me but most important for me is praying together in silence mm. with others mm. and so we have a contemplative service once a month at St Peter's um, we kind of grow in the amount of silence we have in our morning prayers and that like I can do that kind of silent prayer on my own but doing it with others is for me one of the most important things that I learned in community that I know that I need. Mm. It's beautiful. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 so cool hearing your reflections, Jean, on kind of um, taking the things from the structured and kind of refining them, and it's yeah, really got me thinking about the kind of like monthly reflection on what's needed and being attentive to the little mini seasons within the year. Um, yeah, I think uh, on a personal level, a, um, in the last couple of years I've got married and that's been a whole new thing to like have your space that you normally, like your room is normally your room. <laughs> now it's not your room. Um, and the kind of like solitude with God space being adjusted has been like quite a big change. Um, and it's been kind of a surprise to be like, oh, how do I find space with God when I 
have a there's someone else there. Um, but a uh, cool thing that I feel grateful for um, as practice is, has been the kind of like ending the day in prayer and ending the day in gratitude, um, which has been a cool little practice that I guess Max and I have picked up. Um, so yeah, at a personal level, that one, and then I guess in our house, um, yeah, the, the kind of structures feel quite like light in comparison to um, some of these more heavily structured spaces, but um, we share food together and we cook for one another and um, have a night a week where uh, we aim to be um, at home to like definitely be around with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy when you live in the heart of the city to just not mm-hmm. do that. And I, I notice in myself as someone that both craves consistency and rhythms but loves spontaneity and novelty, how there's an ongoing tension for me to... Um, choose the structure um, even though I know it's so good <laughs> um, so yeah having a weekly rhythm of um, being together with one another in the house um, and then yeah we probably have maybe like once every three weeks where we'll have someone over for dinner um, sometimes that's like a once a week thing um, at other times suddenly months have gone by um, and I was thinking one other thing oh yeah um, just like serving in the community, so for me, carrying on serving at the free store, which was something I kind of started during chapters. Um, so yeah, kind of taking some of the rhythms off, and that's what um, I almost feel like I'm like a third order member to chapters. It's like I get to come round, or like I get to go to evening prayers occasionally. Don't live in the the monastic house, but get to be in proximity to it. Um, so yeah, but um. A, a book that I um, read last year about a rule of life. I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it because I'm really bad with this, but it was, I felt really grateful to read more about that, that almost third order Franciscan thing of like figuring out what the rule is in the different times um, and get yeah, that choice to intentionally carve it out. And um, the, I was showing someone the other day how to turn your phone onto grayscale because when your phone's grey, it's just way less stimulating and you don't want to spend time looking at it as much. And then it's suddenly like, oh, I spend an hour less time on my phone in the day. You know, and that's, um, that's time I, you know, have now got back for other, other opportunities to um, hold before God for like, what could I do with this time? So, um, yeah, the, the saying yes intentionally and the saying no intentionally, that go intention. Um, as an ongoing journey. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so good. The discernment to say no. It's very important. That's cool. Um, cool. Does anyone else have any questions for either for everyone or you can ask a particular person a thing? Um, anything you want, you can ask. Also, if someone <laughs> asks a question, they can have something from the bin and table. So this oily paper bag is enticing. Otherwise, I've got more questions. Yeah. Um, for all three of you, um, what is it about community? Oh, all three. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. um, what is it that's kind of uh, throughout the different shapes and forms um, been the hardest thing about living in community or living in intention with other people? So no <laughs> names, but you know, like. I'll just chuck you one. I'll let you just say no, they are. This is a good one. It's really good. Yeah, I didn't even think that you knew what they were.
Um, I think compromise um, when you're making when people have different preferences and people have different like wants um, and you have those all in the room <laughs> choosing how we're going to get through this in a way that honours different people um, because the the kind of um, buy your love one another the world will know me thing is that you can't uh, the means of life together you can't just be going at the ends of like what structure are we going to have or what choice are we going to make and go about it in a shitty way um, and so the compromising lovingly um, and doing that well I think is a hard thing yeah. but the, there's goodness in the, in the difficulty of that that's not just like a, a thing that's hard and therefore is bad. It's like it's hard, but it's good because there's learning and growth that happens there, and then it's the kind of works the muscle of generosity and love and um, yeah, honesty. Um, very definitely dealing with the dynamics in the household. Um, and the more you are, the harder that is. Um, Recognising that, you know, like if, if two people get married, they're choosing to live with each other. Um, they're choosing to do that hard work of negotiating the different cultures that each of them have come from. Because even if you're from the same mm. ethnicity, your family cultures, your family background is different. But when there's four of you in the house and you all come from really different backgrounds, when there's 12 of you in the house and you all come from really different backgrounds, and you're making, you're thinking that you're making a life together, mm -hmm. you know, because well, while making life vows means two things, it means making vows that are about your life together, mm -hmm. so they're life vows, they're vows about your life, but also there's that thing of making vows for life. Mm -hmm. um, and you get, don't get on with someone. It's like shit. <laughs> How do I deal with this? I can't just be polite until they go away because they're not going away. Um, so you have to confront the issues and different people have different capacities to confront those issues. So one of the houses I lived in in Somerset in England, um, where it was the house where the older sisters who were kind of retired from, you know, major ministry lived. And they were old school and they had their ideas about what a sister ought to be. And then there were the new sisters who were just new to community. They came there when they were in their first year of membership. And I went there as a third year novice because um, I'd come over from New Zealand to spend a year. And then there were all of the guests who came for retreats and for day conferences and all this kind of stuff, and they would say, it's so peaceful here, I think, what? <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, you're in David Chapman, he's always Somehow, the guests all just had in their mind that this was a peaceful place, and it was. Um, in the house that I lived in in Auckland, um, that ranged from four to eight, in the house at various stages, when there was just four of us, there were two sisters who just did not get on. Hmm. And that made life really hard. I and mean, in the end, I got fed up with being the facilitator of their arguments. 
And so we decided as a community, because it was really hard, that we had to get in someone to be a facilitator for us. So we arranged with a particular Roman Catholic sister to come and be with us once a week. And we did our Bible study and reflection together so that she could kind of lead us through some of the stuff that really needed an outside person to get to know us, but also to help us to be honest with each other. Good. Um, yeah, lots, lots of resonance with those things. Um, I, I remember coming back from uh, being uh, me, me and Jeff, and our boys went up to um, Gizzy and had just this, this awesome time over some of this, this summer. Uh, you know, um, Jeff's family is all surfers, so I pretend to be a surfer. <laughs> Um, getting back to Natiawa and um, it was just some dysfunctional, stupid, I can't remember what they were, things <laughs> happening in the kitchen. And I was just, just like feeling almost like rage, like, I just don't want to be here. Why are why, why we coming back? I just want to be back. Oh, what am I doing here? Um, and I think it, it, um, it took a while. Um, Jim, Jim, my wife is much healthier than me, she, she gets there quickly, but I think to align my mental space to my theology and my heart, it took actually a few days of getting back into the rhythm of, of, of praying and being with Jesus to go, oh yeah, these, these people are, are the face of Christ amongst me, and, and if I love my, my father here, I get to be with Jesus, near them. And what a, what a privilege that is. I, I did get that. <laughs> the initial experience of getting back from this lovely holiday was like, uh, it, was, it was not an easy um, feeling. And I think probably that, the other thing that, that really resonates some of, some of what Jim and Rose have shared is, is yeah, just the interpersonal stuff can be a real killer. Um, yeah, I've had many sleepless nights over interpersonal conflict with people, and I think that, you know, the thing about life. So we, we, we had this little kind of monastery uh, out there, kind of our Olga uh, pulled up um, there, the Holy Transfiguration Monastery in Australia, and they have three brothers that visit us regularly in Africa, and also they're so great. Um, we've learned a lot from them, but they make life vows and have a common progression. Um, I think some of the time where you're going year by year, or for us, three years at a time, which is different, but if it's just year by year or month by month, you can always kind of, if there is a conflict, you can always kind of <laughs> say, oh, maybe I'll just avoid it because they'll leave, maybe. You know, I think that can be a tricky thing. I think sometimes when it's actually, oh, no, I'm actually in three years here with this person, ah, we need to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a way it makes it easier. Um, yeah, so that, but yeah, that stuff can be, can be pretty, pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, that's I, I think I try to be honest when people ask about living in community at Natiawa and Vision that for me, it's, it's, I think it's a harder life than the life I experienced. We've done a few sabbaticals, we've taken six months and just done you know, different things and, and not, not being in community. It's, it's, it's hard, but it feels richer.